0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, March 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Republicans in the U.S. Senate have rolled out proposed legislation for a fiscal stimulus package that would inject more than a trillion dollars into the American economy. And Paul Tucker is known for helping steer the U.K. economy through the 2008 global financial crisis. The FT's Gillian Tett spoke to the former Bank of England deputy governor about the actions he thinks central banks and commercial lenders should take right now. Plus, the only U.S. drugmaker that makes a potential treatment for the coronavirus raised the price nearly 100% as the outbreak wreaked havoc in China. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Republican senators want to send a check to every American taxpayer, depending on how much money they make. It's part of a plan Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell introduced on Thursday as the U.S. economy grapples with the coronavirus outbreak. The plan includes a $1,200 payment for each adult and another $500 for every child. But those who make over a certain amount won't qualify. Someone earning $99,000 or more will be excluded. Joint tax filers who make $198,000 or more are out too. Besides putting money directly into people's pockets, the plan would also help businesses that have been hit by the pandemic. For instance, up to $208 billion would be set aside for loans and loan guarantees, with $50 billion earmarked for passenger airlines. Under the proposed bill, the U.S. government would be allowed to take equity stakes in companies that receive some of the stimulus. Meanwhile, in Europe, Giuseppe Conte became the latest leader to call on the EU for help. The Italian prime minister told the FT the European Union should tap a 500 billion euro rescue fund called the European Stability Mechanism to confront the continent's economic crisis. Mr. Conte praised the ECB's recent bond buying moves, but says more still needs to be done. The bailout fund was established in 2012 during the sovereign debt crisis. Mr. Conte's plea came on the same day the number of coronavirus deaths in Italy overtook those in China for the first time. Paul Tucker knows a thing or two about handling a financial crisis. Sir Paul joined the Bank of England in 1980 and became the central bank's deputy governor in 2009. At the time, he floated the idea of using central banks as the market maker of last resort in asset classes beyond government bonds. Now, Sir Paul chairs the Systemic Risk Council, which is composed of notable former policymakers. And as the coronavirus outbreak takes hold of markets, the SRC has some recommendations for those trying to limit the economic damage. The FT's Gillian Tett, who has been helping us understand this week's financial market moves, spoke to Sir Paul yesterday. She spoke to me about their conversation, including his views on the role of central banks, commercial lenders, and why they might need to adopt a wartime footing.
1: Paul argued clearly the central banks are gonna have a much bigger role to play, at least in the period of this crisis. They have to keep the financial system operating. And yes, there's been a lot of focus on them providing ways to stimulate economic activity and demand through, say, slashing interest rates. But keeping the financial system operating right now is absolutely critical. And that requires essentially using the discount window to get money to banks and other eligible borrowers, even potentially opening the discount window to other borrowers who are not currently covered and supporting the repo markets looking at the commercial paper markets potentially even acting as a market maker in some sectors which are under great stress right now
2: we think also be ready to step in as market maker of last resort that doesn't mean buying everything it means setting a bit off a spread that is inside where they are now but outside where they would be in in normal conditions because otherwise the question of markets closing is going to arise, or the authority is just buying everything. And they shouldn't buy everything if they can keep markets open in other ways. And they should be looking at how trading mechanisms work, whether to move the stock market daily auctions, particular securities rather than continuous trading.
0: And that that was Paul Tucker there, chair of the systemic risk council. So Jillian, a much bigger role for central banks. What else?
1: There's a separate question, which is how the private sector banks are expected to behave and also what governments do. And Paul Tucker's got strong views about what is needed now to ensure that the private sector banks essentially support demand in the economy rather than just making the bank CEOs or or the bank shareholders richer.
2: Well, we think banks should suspend equity buybacks and dividends immediately. We think that they should be ready to suspend bonus payments to senior staff and highly paid staff, obviously not to regular people that keep the institutions ticking over and serve the the public.
1: He also thinks that governments and regulators should lean on banks to ensure they can do that and change the regulations wherever needed. So in a sense, you're almost putting the banking system onto a wartime footing.
0: And Jillian, we'll get back to that wartime footing idea in, in just a second. But let's first look at what Sir Paul talks about when he talks about how leverage played a role in the lead up to what could be a, a very big credit crunch.
1: After the 2008 crisis, regulators vowed that they would ensure that leverage did not spin out of control in the shadow banking or banking sector again, least of all when it had lots of maturity mismatches. And to a certain extent, regulators did a great job of that in the banking system, and they really clamped down on the banks having too much debt. The problem now, it seems, is a shadow banking world. And in spite of everything that regulators said, it appears from the violence of the share price movements in recent days and the movements in fixed income and credit markets as trades are being unwound that far too many asset managers had far too much leverage and maturity mismatches, which made them vulnerable to this kind of crisis.
2: Some of the dislocations over the past fortnight are absolutely symptomatic of failure to recognize threats to stability from leverage and trading positions and in shadow banking. I mean, a failure, hugely missed opportunity over the last decade to come up with a general policy for shadow banking. I don't mean unlevered long-term investors. I don't mean regular mutual funds. And that has obviously been complicating things for the authorities over the past two weeks, just actually when they need to be dealing with core issues.
0: And, Julian, one last clip here from Sir Paul about that wartime footing idea we talked about a little bit earlier, and that if the debt of a country like the U.S. skyrockets, that debt should be in friendly hands.
2: If they have to build up their debt, they should try and ensure it's bought by domestic long-term institutions, by overseas investors who they know to be friendly, and ultimately, if there is no alternative, then the central banks. And I think that's a much better way of thinking about what people call helicopter money, um, which sounds like toy town, frankly, the way it's normally discussed, this could be keeping the debt held domestically could end up being of, of strategic importance for our part of the world. But only, but only if the debt absolutely skyrockets, I mean, to kind of Second World War levels.
1: Well, in the near future, this is not going to be an immediate issue, I think, or hope. I was on the call to some of the former health executives in Washington today, and they're talking about this peaking in, say, June and recovery starting in September. The issue really is that if there is going to be a massive wave of debt issuance by the US government and other governments to fund any kind of stimulus measures, it's going to require somebody to buy those bonds. And in the last six years or so, the amount of bonds held by non-American central banks and other financial entities has rocketed very sharply. The question going forward is, will America be able to sell those bonds to non-American institutions? And would it even want to, given that there's going to be potentially big questions about who gets to hold these bonds, how they behave in the future, and what kind of leverage they will then have over America as a result.
0: And the only drug maker in America that makes a potential treatment for the coronavirus jacked up its price in January. As the outbreak was wreaking havoc in China a couple of months ago, a company called Rising Pharmaceuticals upped the price of chloroquine to about 7 dollars 5 per 250mg pill, and close to $20 for a 500mg pill. That's according to data from Elsevier, a research firm. Chloroquine is one of the drugs that is being tested against COVID-19. It's already approved for treating malaria. Rising Pharmaceuticals said that the price rise was, quote, coincidental. It restored the old price once it realized the drug might be in demand, but that hasn't shown up in the data yet. Yesterday, U.S. President Donald Trump said that the Food and Drug Administration had approved chloroquine for the treatment of COVID-19, but the FDA's commissioner walked that one back, saying it was simply taking a closer look at the drug. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also had help from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. And one more thing before we go. Here at the FT, we want to know how the coronavirus is affecting you at work. Are you seeing job cuts in your workplace? Is your company discussing changes in pay or benefits? Record a voice memo about what you're seeing and send it to us at coronavirus at f-t dot com. That's coronavirus at ft.com. Or you can tweet at me. My handle is at mfilipino. That's M F I L I P P I N O.